Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. I love having conversations with people about leadership. And my guest today is one of those foundational and great leaders I know that you're going to really, really love. Colleen Callender is her name, and she was the former CEO of Sports Girl, and she's now the founder of Mentor Me. She's Geelong born and raised. Colleen was brought up in a hardworking, business-focused family where there was always a job to do. Kind of sounds like my upbringing, actually. After working in family businesses uh, from as, as young as she could remember, Colleen had her first taste of retail at the age of just 16. Unbeknown to her at the time, this summer job would be the start of a retail career spanning over 30 years. Colleen is an award-winning CEO with a proven track record in building brands, creating winning cultures and building environments that allow people to be inspired and empowered. Colleen is an inspiration to women of all generations, including, I'm not, I know I'm not a woman, but including a man, uh, myself. Uh, she wants to encourage women to have the confidence to believe in themselves and their abilities, share their voices, and find their inner superpowers. With this book, Leader by Design, which I'm holding a copy of in my hand, which Colleen was gracious enough to send me a copy. Thank you so much for that, Colleen. Uh, she wrote inside, to Jay, dream big. I mean, Colleen and I had such a wonderful conversation that I know you guys are going to really, really love her story, her wisdom, and her advice as well. She's a downright amazing human being that, I honestly am super grateful for in my life. She's been a huge support. So I know she's going to be a huge support for you guys at the same time. 
with her story and her message as well. So my friends, if you do get something from this conversation, and I have no doubt that you will, please share it around to all your friends and your family to everyone know about this one. Don't forget to leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast. Always love hearing from you guys and what you think of the show. Always trying to get better and improve this show for you guys. Also, Colleen has a brand new book out. It's called Leader by Design. I'll make sure the links for that are in the show notes below so you can go and get a copy. It's a great read. So much wisdom and knowledge in here for every single person at whatever stage of life. If you do want to become a better leader, then definitely pick up a copy of this book as well. Colleen, thank you so much for your time. You know what time it is, my friends. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than the woman who is a leader by design, Colleen Callender. Oh, thank you so much, Jay, for having me. And I think that's one of the best introductions I've ever had, I've got to say. That was fabulous. So thank you so much for talking me up. And I hope I can now deliver in the next 45 minutes to your to your listeners. But thank you. That was wonderful. That's the secret to a great conversation is having an even better introduction from the very start. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but I'm grateful for your time today, Colleen. And, you know, like I said, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. That's from the heart and the God honest truth. Before we officially dive into your story and we get to unbox it and learn more about it, I have one question I love asking all my guests at the very start, which is, what does success look like for you? Mm, it's a great question, isn't it? And I'm sure with every single person you ask, there is a different answer you get from everyone who, who uh, responds to that question. And, and I would say, you know, Jay, success means something different to everyone. As I said, for some people, it's power. For some, it's status. For some, it's money. Um, you know, it, it's very different for everyone. For me, it's quite simple, really. I think about success as leaving this planet a better place than I found it. And when I talk about that, I talk about that in the sense of leadership and leading others. And, you know, I, as you said at the start, I really want to make a positive impact on those people around me through the way I lead and, you know, really give women a voice and allow them to step up and find their purpose and, you know, live with real confidence and demand a seat at that table. So for me, I really want to make a difference. And, you know, that's a big part of success for me. I think the other thing with success, and it, it definitely for me started in the home as a young child. So for me, success starts right here where I'm sitting today. And it starts with being a great human being, being a great mother, being a great partner, um, and instilling those values and, you know, that sense of purpose that uh, were instilled in me, in my children today. And, you know, watching them become people with great values and and them making a positive impact on the world around them. So, you know, for me, it's pretty simple. Where did you uh, come up with your current values today and why are values so important to have in your life? 
Mm, yeah, it's a great one. And, you know, I work with a lot of leaders of all different sort of walks of life. And when I talk about values, a lot of people haven't done very much work on their own values, which is pretty concerning, really, because, you know, values are the things that are most important to the way we live and work. And I talk about values as being this inner compass, you know, this inner compass for all of our decision makings. And when we make decisions in line with our values, um, we make much better decisions. So, you know, I I worked on my values many, 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 many years ago. And, you know, they evolve with us as we evolve. You know, my values in my 20s, uh, when I was, you know, climbing that corporate ladder and a total workaholic are quite different to my values today as a woman and a leader and a mother in my fifth, you know, I've just turned 50. So, you know, our values do evolve as we evolve. But, um, you know, I think they're so important. And it, it also often concerns me when organisations don't know their values because, you know, that sets the tone for how organisations behave and leaders set the tone for how organisations behave. So, values are absolutely at the core of all of our decision making and who we are let me just say you don't look 50 at all you look very very young oh, thank <laughs> so you you're, you're, you're just too kind to me today <laughs> it's a god honest truth like i've got to be honest with people like that's one of my values okay. right so okay. speaking about more of this this line of values right why is it that companies or even people don't really take the time to hone in on that inner compass, if it's so important, why do you think that people don't do that? Yeah. If we think about leaders, Jay, to start with, I think that there are a lot of leaders that, um, you know, don't really know who they are, uh, don't know their values, don't know their purpose. And I talk about those three things as the foundations of who we are as leaders, values, know yourself and purpose. And as I said, you'd be really surprised about how many people I talk to and they don't know those things. So it is absolutely critical for us to lead others for us to be great leaders, we need to be leading in our own lives first. And if I think about the most amazing leaders I've ever met in my life, the number one thing they have in common is self-awareness. Yeah. And I always say we need to work more on ourselves than we do on anything else because we become more valued, more intelligent, more focused, we have more clarity, and that's when we can really offer value to the people around us. So really important. Yeah. Have you always had this sort of mindset towards the importance of values? Like you mentioned, your values were a little bit different in your 20s as they are now because you evolved over time. What were some of those changes that you went through in your 20s that made a huge difference for you at the age you are now in terms of leadership? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, in my 20s, I probably didn't even know what values meant, to be really honest <laughs> with you. I was just, I was just this machine. You know, I talk about myself in my book as this red Ferrari. Mm. And, you know, I was just this red, and that that's my make and model, you know, and I was this red Ferrari that just kept going and going and going and faster and faster and faster. And, you know, I didn't know the word stop. I didn't know the word no. I didn't know the word refuel. I was just this machine and, and that was the way I lived my life. And, you know, when you hit burnout, which is what I did in 2007, that was, I think, that really big turning point for me to understand 
my values, understand who I was without all of the hats I wore and the titles that I had. And to, you know, to give that workaholic badge up and not make it a badge that I felt really proud to own um, because it had served me well for a period of my time, but it wasn't serving me well anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't think going back then I knew my values. I had to do a lot of work on myself in my 30s um, and I had to find out who I was, what did I believe in, um, what held me back, what what were my strengths, what were my weaknesses. I really had to find out, as I said, who I was without the hat of, you know, CEO, mother, sister, friend, who really was I at the core. And when we know that, as I said, that's when we're really, really good to ourselves and that's when we are really, really good to other people. Yeah, I had a similar encounter. I think I was telling you before we officially started this in 2019 and I was, I believe I was just emotionally drained. I was burnt out as the term is used completely. And I was running away from actually asking myself those tough questions. I was scared of what I was actually going to find. I was scared of, I guess, unboxing those things in in my own life and how that would look for me. Cause I had formed this identity from the age of eight years old that I was going to be a filmmaker. And that was it. Nothing, nothing would waver or deter me. And when my life wasn't really going in that direction, I just kept fighting and wrestling with myself, that inner compass, all those values that I had been brought up with and and I knew were there, but I just, I just struggled. And the moment I did burn out, I'm like, okay, well now what, what am I going to do? So For people that are struggling at the moment with burnout and it can come at any time and any point in your life, it doesn't have to come just in your 20s. Um, But if it can happen when you're younger, it's better for you because you learn a hell of a lot. (laughs) Let me just say that. Um, But for those people that are struggling with burnout at the moment, what advice would you give to them now? Yeah, I love your description of that because it's so true. We can we can hit burnout at any time in our lives, and if we hit it earlier, maybe we can learn those lessons earlier so we can sort of get on with our life and put those checks and balances in place. You know, uh, I talk about burnout, Jay, and you know the thing about burnout it's it's a real bitch, right? And it doesn't just affect us; it affects everyone around us. And For me, it was probably the best lesson in self-care ever. And I now treat burnout as a bit of a gift because it taught me how to live my life differently. And if I hadn't have hit burnout, uh, I say to myself, I probably wouldn't have been, I probably wouldn't be in my 50s now. And if I was, I wouldn't be in as healthy and fit a position as I am. So I really had to do a lot of work on myself. I had to Uh, put in boundaries. You know, I had no boundaries. And when I say no boundaries, I'm not joking. I mean, none. I I just said, yes, yes, yes. So I had to put in boundaries of saying no. And, um, you know, and put that sort of no trespassing sign around me and protect the asset and protect the person that I am. You know, one of the big things I implemented when I hit burnout was uh, what I call life imbalance. And again, I had none. Um, And after burnout, I worked out that I had to create this life imbalance um, to be the best version of me. And so today I live with my life imbalance is 80-20. And so 80% of my life needs to be in balance and 20% can be chaos. And I love 
love that as well. You know, but that 80%, what that does is bring calmness and control and routine and, and this really sense of sort of gratitude and, and uh, happiness in my life. And that's wonderful. And then this 20% is brings chaos and resilience and um, makes you stronger and grateful. And, you know, it gives you more risk-taking. So that's also fabulous. But I know when my balance tips or, or, or shifts that I'm not working smartly. And as that level of chaos starts to increase, my life feels out of balance and I feel overwhelmed and stressed and I suffer from anxiety anyway. So it just brings that on in, in you know, massive amounts. So I then know I need to add change or delete something in my life to get my happy place, which is 80-20. So, you know, I would say to all of your listeners learning, uh, uh, all of your listeners listening right now, you know, what is their happy place? Work that out because when you work that out, that's when you can move that dial, whichever way it needs to go. And you can add change or delete something in your life to start to get your life in balance. And we really, we're fantastic. We have this crazy amount of energy and uh, what we can put into a day when our life is in balance is quite incredible. So, you know, I made lots and lots of changes post uh, burnout. I find balance to be a funny term, <laughs> to be honest, because we all want this. Well, I think a lot of us are striving to live this balanced life, right? But then again, when burnout hits for some people or when they go through a challenge, they're not really looking for a sense of balance. They either go one way or they go the other way because that's what happened to me. So I kind of think that for me in particular, I I now have become more comfortable with being in a state of constant turmoil because that's going to make me feel better. Uh, it's going to improve me if I can say that. And it's going to make me um, a lot stronger, as you said, the resilience. But I'm also comfortable at the same time with things just being normal, if I can use that term as well. Like I think it's that for me is is my life, um, if I'm making any sense here <laughs> at all. But that's, that's the way I look at it, though. Um, and I like how you looked at it. Yeah, definitely. And it means something different to everyone, just like we talked about success. So it's what works for you. What does your, your you know, I don't like the term work-life balance. I don't believe we put life into one box and, and work into another. They have to coexist. They have to be best friends. They have to live together. And however that works for you, then that's awesome. Or however that works for your listeners, that's awesome. It has to work for the person. You know, it's, it's your life. It's your journey. It's your story. Can you tell us, like, I want to go back a little bit before we go forward and dive into some further things. Can you share with us, you became, I believe, the CEO, you were able to climb the corporate ladder, but there was something interesting that you didn't do. I don't believe you went to university. Is that correct? I didn't only not go to university, Jay. I didn't even finish school, to be honest with oh. you. Um, I actually, which everyone knows, it's in my book. I, um, at the end of my year 11 uh, school year, um, I was super excited because, you know, it, we're always excited at the end of the school year. It's like, oh, I've got holidays and I can hang out with my mates and I've got time off. But I was excited because I'd got a job and I'd got a job at the local Just Jeans store in Geelong, which is where I lived. And as much as I'd been brought up, I was from a very uh, business focused family. And so I'd been brought up working in mum and dad's businesses and I 
worked at a local ice cream shop when I was 13. I actually lied and told them I was 14 so I could get a job there. Um, but I, cause I just love to work. So I just wanted to work all the time. So I got this job in the, what I call the fashion industry. And I loved it from the minute I got in that door. I love customers and I love serving and I loved learning about the product and I love learning about the computer. And I took every single shift that that summer could offer me. In fact, I literally worked every single day. And at the end of that summer break, the area manager came down from Melbourne and here I was, I was 16 years of age. And she said to me, Cole, you've just done such an awesome job and we'd love you to stay on with the team. Now, what 16-year-old young girl wouldn't like to hear those words? So I was pumped, right? I went home and said to my parents, I walked through the door and I said, I'm not going back to school. I've just got a full-time job and I'm going to sell jeans and I'm going to be a sales assistant. And I could see in that moment the look on their face. And, you know, my parents hadn't finished school, either of them. My dad came out from Italy when he was four years of age and finished school at the age of 14. And my mum had an alcoholic father and lost her own mother when she was just 21 years of age and had 11 siblings. So neither of them had had the opportunity to have an education. So here I was throwing mine away, or so it seemed. And, you know, we had some discussion around that. And in that moment of disappointment, they said to me, Cole, be passionate, love what you do, work hard and never give up. And they're the words that have stuck with me for my entire life. And so off I went. I went into this world of retail. I was like this just little child, really. But again, I loved it and I wanted to progress. And so I knew, Jay, I was a, quite a shy child. So I knew that if I wanted to get recognised, I needed to work hard. I needed to do exactly what my parents told me. And I was a really good student. So I did that. I worked hard. I won competitions. I sold the most Wrangler jeans. I you know, got great customer feedback. And at the age of 18, I was promoted to the youngest store manager. And then at the age of 20, I was promoted to the youngest area manager overseeing 16 stores. And then at the age of 24, I was promoted to the Victorian state manager looking after 24 stores and three direct reports. And that's where I spent the next four years of my life. And that kind of, when I talk about that now, I've got a son who's 24 and I still think, you know, that's so young. And here I was, a 24-year-old young woman running a state, you know, and so... But I realized very early on in my career that people were my biggest asset. And so that was my focus was always people. And then in 1999, I got the phone call and I answered the phone and it was sports girl on the other end of that call asking me to come and join them. And so I joined in 1999. And last year, I had my 20-year milestone with the company, um, and 13 of those years were C as CEO. I spent six years at Suzanne as CEO, and then I spent the past seven years at Sports Girl as CEO. And then last year, at my 20-year milestone and turning 50, I decided it was time to write my next chapter. It was time for me to close that chapter and start a new one. And so, you know, that brings me to today. Wow. <laughs> That's a great story. Now I'm 25. My, my audience knows that. So I've, I'm curious, having climbed that corporate ladder and the more responsibilities that you're given, that sort of thing, did you feel pressure at all to succeed even more within that company? Um, I suppose it wasn't the um, pressure anyone put on me. It was the pressure I put on myself. 
Yeah. And I think that's also one of the triggers that leads you to burnout. So, you know, as a as a young child, and you mentioned at the age of eight, you knew exactly what you were, you, you had a, a vision of what you wanted to do. You know, I was this people pleaser. And my entire childhood, I spent my whole life pleasing my mum and my dad and making them proud. And that flowed on to every single aspect of my life. I wanted to make my boss proud, my kids proud, my husband proud, my friends proud. That was at all costs. So, you know, I, as a child, I became an A plus student in people pleasing. And what I learned later in life is that that always works out for everyone else. It doesn't work out so well for the person who's doing all the pleasing. So it was the pressure I put on myself. I became addicted to saying yes. It was like, it was literally like an addiction. It made me feel needed. It made me feel important. It made me feel validated. And, you know, as people pleasers, we are constantly seeking approval from other people. We are seeking this validation from other people. And what I learned is, uh, and it took me, you know, some tough lessons and I had to fall over a lot before I learned it, was that I don't need validation from anyone else. The only person that I needed to validate me was me. And I work with a lot of women today and share that message with them because, you know, the more we become comfortable with ourselves, the more we validate ourselves, then the happier we are and the more we have to offer others because our confidence is high. So, you know, I say to women, don't look anywhere else to validate you. You are always going to be enough. Yeah, that's such an important message. And I think it's it's not just for women, it's also for men too. And that's one of the things that I love about this message and especially purpose and giving yourself permission to say my story matters to just as much as the next person. I was born with a purpose. Me just being alive is enough. Um, it got For me, it's got nothing to do with what I do. It has everything to do with who I am. And yeah. I'm glad that you were able to realize that and now that you're sharing this very similar message with women and men too that do listen because it's inspiring and we need it. We need it more than ever uh, today. Yeah. So thank you so much, Colleen, for sharing this message. Yeah, thank you. I want to ask you going back a little bit towards um, this idea of being an effective leader and the failures that you had as a leader. Are you able to share some of those failures with my audience? Mm, yeah, I look, I think the biggest one is the burnout failure for me. Um, you know, we have little moments where we fall over and we, uh, you know, do things that are not the right decisions or, you know, that's going to be a part of life always. I think the biggest one for me was um, was the burnout one. And, you know, again, today I want people to recognise those signs. I want them to understand what burnout looks like. I, I want them to, if they're on that train to burnout town, get off it and um, share with them how to get off it. And if if they're, uh, and put, you know, strategies in place to be able to not go down that path because it's just not a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that would probably be my biggest failure if that's one. I think there was just so many learnings for me, you know. It, it probably wasn't so much the failures. It was just the learnings along the way. You know, I talk about myself as a leader by observation mm-hmm. and, you know, growing up, particularly because I started in the retailing industry so young, I I became a leader by observation. I listened, I learned, I made notes, I looked at leaders I really liked, I looked at leaders I didn't like so much, and I started to evolve and become 
and is the title of my book, A Leader by Design. I decided that I wanted to become the leader I wanted to be. I wanted to become the kind of leader that I wanted to have. And I decided to become a leader that people would choose to follow. So for me, I think it was more about that observation and creating the leadership journey that I really wanted. Yeah. Do you believe that to be an effective leader, you have to be taught or do you believe that some people are born to be great leaders. Mm, yeah, it's a really good one, isn't it? It's, it's, are you a born leader? Is it nature? Is it nurture? There's a whole conversation. I don't think anyone is a born leader. I think that we become, again, leaders by observation. You know, we, we, we grow because of the environments we're in, the situations we see, the things we experience, the failures that we have. That's how we become great leaders. And so I don't think anyone is a born leader. I think we all have the ability to become a great leader, but it starts with putting in the work and leadership's bloody hard, right? Leadership's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it and everyone would be doing a great job of it and they're not. So leadership is hard. You know, I talk about leadership as a lifestyle choice. You know, it's not something that you can do today and not do tomorrow. It is something that you have to apply yourself to your entire life. You know, just like being a parent, you have, that is a lifestyle choice. If you want to be an athlete, that is a lifestyle choice. If you want to lead a healthy life, that is a lifestyle choice. You know, you can't go to the gym, do a week's workout, eat well and sleep well and think I'm sorted. You know, that's not how it works. It is something you have to do every single day and commit to. And leadership is exactly the same. You have to commit to it every single day. Yeah, I have a saying that I often equate to becoming an effective leader. It's be persistent to remain consistent are the things that you want. And if you want to be an effective leader, then you need to do exactly what you said. Get up every single day and make that conscious choice to put in the work, to do the hard yards and sure, it's not going to be easy, but like you said, if it was easy, then everyone would be doing it. And I don't think, um, I haven't seen sadly yet someone that, I mean, my favorite leaders, uh, throughout history, one of them told me early on, like Jay, everyone is a leader. doesn't mean they're a good one. They can make the choice whether or not they want to be a good one or a bad one. And that's what I've taken away. And I, I hope this is what I hope that everyone becomes a good leader in their life so that for yourself and so that others can see it as well. And then it's like passing, passing the torch on, if I can say yes. that. Yeah. I love that Jay. And that's so true. And you know, what you just said is, is also um, to the point that, you know, we don't need a title to be a leader. You know, we all have the ability. I always talk about what leadership is not. It is not a, It is not about a title, rank or power. It is not about whether you get an office. It's not about the, your pay packet. It's not about how many direct reports you have. Leadership has nothing to do with that. Leadership is about one life influencing another in a positive way. You know, what leadership is the way we show up. We all have the ability to become leaders. It's with every action, decision, interaction, reaction that we make. So, you know, we don't need titles to be a leader. We can be leaders in every single aspect of our lives, our personal lives, our professional lives, in our community. It doesn't matter where. We all have the ability by choice to yeah. be great leaders. What would you say... Colleen, has been the most vulnerable moment in your life to date? Mm. 
The most vulnerable moment. Yeah, that's a really good. I think my most vulnerable moment would be um, in my 30s when I, when my marriage fell apart, was probably my most vulnerable moment. Um, where I was, uh, I was only in my early 30s. I had two young boys. As I said, my boys are now 23 and 24. You know, they were three and five at the time. And, you know, that was probably the most vulnerable moment in my life because I, uh, and probably the moment of the most resilience I ever needed to draw on in my life as well, because I sat there telling myself I was a failure, that my marriage had failed. Um, I had, you know, lost my house. Um, My parents thought, you know, I was a failure. That's the story I told myself. And that couldn't have been further from the truth that my boys were going to hate me for the rest of my life. Um, And so this was a story I was telling myself. So this in this moment of vulnerability, um, I found this resilience that I didn't know I had. And so I changed my story. Instead of telling myself I was a failure and a loser, I told myself and that my parents were, you know, going to think the same. And so all my friends and family and everyone else, I told myself I was a survivor. And that's a very different story to tell yourself, loser or survivor. And so that story took me down a completely different path, which was one of, you know, gratitude and uh, and resilience and um, and I suppose vulnerability at its best. Um, so yeah, I think those vulnerable moments for me uh, very much happen in my personal life because that's the they're the things that are the closest to me. Yeah. And what sort of led you, I appreciate you sharing that, by the way, and getting vulnerable with me and the audience. I know that's never an easy thing to do, but thank you for doing it. Um, What led you, you mentioned that you wanted to write the next chapter of your story when you hit the age of 50 and 20 years being with the company, but what, what led you to making that decision and not sort of continuing writing the same, I guess, proverbial chapter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one because I, you know, I loved retail. I loved my role. But, you know, 20 years anywhere is a really long time. And, you know, I I think the thing too, Jay, is life goes so fast. You know, at 10 years, I thought, oh, is it time to write my next chapter? Next thing I'm at 15 years. Next thing I'm at 20 years. You know, that's how quickly it kind of goes. And I think for me, there was no, no two days that were the same. You know, I was continuing to evolve and grow in my career. And I was, you know, at Suzanne, as I said, and then I was at Sports Girl and you know, same company. But, you know, at I think about my life in decades, you know, my 20s, my 30s, my 40s and my 50s. And so coming into my 50s, I really thought this is time for me to do something different and time for a change. And, you know, for me, I talked today about my purpose and in my purpose as a, C, as a CEO was to inspire and empower people to bring their best selves to work every day. And uh, in turn, that created an incredible company uh, that had a great culture where people wanted to work, where they wanted to follow me as their leader and where we kicked goals and had a very you know profitable organisation. Um, my purpose right now, someone asked me the other day, so Cole, what's your purpose now? You're a CEO and you're not a CEO anymore. Um, what's your purpose now? It must be different. I said, my purpose is exact, exactly the same. We don't get to change our purpose. You know, my purpose is still to inspire and empower people to live their best lives and lead with confidence in business and in life. And I'm just choosing to do it in a much deeper, broader 
um, sense. You know, I'm doing it via my book, Leader by Design. I'm doing it via keynote speaking, via Mentor Me, via by pod, uh, via um, masterclasses and, you know, through great podcasts and wonderful places like this, you know, to be able to share my message. So, um, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just doing it differently. Was it challenging for you to put all your wisdom and all your story into a book? It was really fabulous, I've got to say. It was an incredible experience to do. You know, I've always wanted to write a book. And again, more around the fact that I want to share my message with, you know, more than one organization. You know, I want to share it with as many people as I can in the hope that I can inspire and empower and help them live the best life without some of with, with some of my lessons and my learnings and my failures in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting it into a book was just fabulous. It was such a great experience to do. And you know, I loved, I really loved every minute of it. It's hard writing a book. It's not easy. And, you know, I was writing for, you know, sometimes 16 hours a day because I would get on a roll and I wanted to, I wrote my book in a very short period of time. Um, so I just went hard at it, which is again, it's the red Ferrari coming out in me. If I don't, you know, I did, some people say to me, I've written a book over two years. I'm like, well, I read, I, I wrote money like I started it, but I literally sat down and wrote solid for four weeks and didn't stop. So, um, you know, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And the most wonderful thing is, is the incredible feedback that I've had. You know, that's the, that's the great thing about your book is when you start to impact people's lives in a positive way, you know, you've written a great book. Yeah. I kind of feel you when with the red Ferrari, especially with writing and doing this, Cause yeah, that's one of my things <laughs> as well, which, yeah. you know, it can be good sometimes, but I just got to like sometimes pull back and put my foot on the brake and it's like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> Stop going yeah. a million miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say is, you know, as long as you, you know, we are, we have a make and model, right. That we don't get to change it again. Someone said to me, so have you now changed that red Ferrari? Now you're in your fifties. And I'm like, we don't get to change our make and model of who we are. That's who we are. What we do get to change or what we do get to choose is how we drive that red Ferrari. And I think the older I get and the more wisdom I gain and um, the better I know how to drive that red Ferrari, I still tr- I still push her to the limits sometimes. You know, I, I do. And, you know, my, my family remind me of that a lot, you know, so I can still push her to, to where she's, you know, she's getting towards that burnout and then I have to bring her back and pop her in for a service. But as long as we know that, that's the main thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good point to raise the service part. We all need a good grease and oil change every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, <laughs> Colleen, I'm loving this conversation. I've got a few more questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, for those people that were to pick up a copy of the book right now, and what do you hope for them to get the most out of this book? Hmm. Yeah, it's a great one. My book was sort of, I had two purposes when I wrote it. And as I said, the first one was to um, write it as a part autobiography so that I could share my life journey from leaving school at 16 to CEO and everything in between, including burnout and the woman I am today and my upbringing and how that shaped who I am. Um, And I, as I said, I really want to inspire women to step up and have a voice and live with purpose and most importantly, believe in themselves. And 
you know, build on that confidence, build that confidence muscle so that they can live a life full of confidence and full of fulfillment. Um, and the second sort of part or the second purpose, I suppose, of my book is I really want to inspire leaders to lead differently, both men and women. And I really want them to embrace what I keep talking about as a new era of leadership. And that is one based on kindness and compassion and collaboration and trust and one that puts people at the heart of everything they do. And so what I've done with my book is is packed it with tips and tools and advice and insight. And it really is, Jay, for um, people of all generations, you know, whether you're climbing the corporate ladder or you're an entrepreneur or volunteer or a student, um, it doesn't really matter where you are. It really is about giving you the tools to become, you know, the driver of your bus, the, the driver in your own life and really start leading that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's been really wonderful to be able to pack all of that into one book and share it. And I don't want it to be a book and, uh, you know, that sits on the shelf or, you know, that that gets filed away in the in the book cabinet. This is a book that can sit with you for life. You know, it's, there's places where you can write. You can go, each chapter is the power of. Outside of my story, every chapter is the power of. The power of leadership, power of kindness, power of purpose, power of self, etc. So you can go to lots of different chapters. You can go straight to chapter 10 if you want to go to chapter 10. You don't have to read it like it's a book front to back. So I want it to be a life tool for people. I don't just want it to be something that you know, we read and pop in the shelf. It's something that needs to stay with you and support your, you know, um, your your life going forward. People can get the the book wherever books are sold. I'll make sure that everyone knows where to get a copy when this episode drops. But Colleen, where do you want people to find you as well and connect with you? Yeah, sure. The usual places, jump on Instagram. It's pretty simple. It's Colleen underscore calendar. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn or you can go to my website, which is www.colleencalendar.com.au um, and reach out, reach out and say hi or shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. She's not hard to find people. <laughs> oh, you'll find that. me. Thanks to Google for that. Um, but Colleen, I have my final question for you, which is my all-time favorite question. I ask all my guests at the very, very end. It is, uh, it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Then ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll just call it magic for sake of argument. They've been able to get it all and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Mm, That is a brilliant. I've never had that one before. That's awesome. I love it. Um, I want that film to show the authentic me. Um, the real person. And that real person is someone who is caring, kind, loving, has humility, um, and, you know, is that people pleaser and puts others before self, you know. Um, But I just really want that to be um, a, a real version of me. And I want it to be one where I have made a positive impact on the people around me. In fact, a positive impact on anyone who comes into contact with me, you know, and I certainly want to um, leave my children, um, you know, with 
all of the values um, that were instilled in me as a young child and leave them with incredible memories as well. You know, I I never want when I leave this planet to be for it to be a sad moment. I want it to be a moment of celebration. And I think that should always be the case where we celebrate our life and people celebrate us and not only us, but the way we have affected them. So that's really the big thing for me is for people to celebrate the impact that I've had on them. Perfect send-off message for people. And thank you so much, Colleen, for your time today, your story, and for giving back to people with your story, your wisdom, and your advice. I really do appreciate your time today and for joining me on the Storybox podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to be here. It's been wonderful to meet you. You're an awesome human being. And I know you were saying you're coming up to your two-year podcast very shortly. So keep being amazing and keep doing what you're doing and keep sharing not only your message, which is fantastic, but also the message of those around you. Because the more we do that, the more we share, uh, you know, the more we can help others and impact other people's lives. So well done to you too, Jay. It's been wonderful chatting. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.